cierto que íbamos a estar tan juntos como la luna y el sol y con el tiempo te pensaba. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe. It's a beautiful day here in Avon, Indiana, but it's cold and it's about 40 degrees and it's October the 30th and we are um, happy to have with us today for uh, all of you world language uh, enthusiasts, um, a very, very renowned and famous um, singer of hip hop and reggaeton and, it, and his name is Guero Loco. And he lives uh, in Indianapolis, but pretty far from where I am, actually. And we are uh, bringing our program to you uh, live via Skype. And Guero Loco is with us. And uh, without uh, any further ado, I would like to introduce um, all of you to uh, Guero Loco. And uh, you can listen to his stories. And he has a lot of fascinating stories. And uh, later on, he's going to sing a few lines for you as well. Guero Loco, bienvenido al programa, eh? Es un gran placer tenerte aquí en el programa, eh? So we're just delighted you're on the program. Gracias, señor. Also, ¿cómo están? ¿Cómo están? How are you doing? Well, bien, bien, hombre. Es que muy, muy eh, emocionado ya con la idea de tenerte en el programa. So I'm just excited you're going to be on the program. And we'll try to do most of this in uh, English for the because we have listeners in all languages. But um, from time to time, we'll throw a little Spanglish, Spanish, and, and who knows what, okay? And uh, um, I w would like you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you were born, a little bit about your family um, and uh, your background uh, uh, when you... Um, were a child and where you lived at. Um, and I know you were not uh, born in a Spanish-speaking country. So um, could you give us a little background? Well, I was born and raised, um, during my childhood, I was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Moved a little bit um, to Virginia and back, but, uh, but mainly in Indianapolis. And um, so you ended up singing in Spanish. And I know... Uh, a little bit about you because uh, I had you for a short time uh, in Spanish class at uh, Ben Davis High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, um, I know I didn't have you very long, and I certainly know that you, after that, pursued uh, this wonderful singing career in Spanish. And I, I know your Spanish is just astounding and uh, beautiful. And uh, um, can you tell the uh, listeners a little bit about um, why that you decided to to really dedicate yourself to Spanish and where you learned most of it. Uh, I know you did a lot in the Marines, right? Um, yeah, I, I really stood beside your class, obviously. Um, I started my Spanish-speaking um, and Spanish learning career in the Marine Corps at the Defense Language Institute. And then from there in the Marines, they ended up, um, when, I, when I was in the Marine Corps, they sent me to DLI, and that's where I ended up learning Spanish at, which is pretty much I learned the, the book Spanish, the, the grammar and things like that, um, where I really learned the, the bulk of my Spanish and the real Spanish that I use on a day-to-day -day basis was, was really in the streets with, with, the, with the people out here and just meeting so many people from, from different backgrounds, and it really helped me to, uh, to, to step my, my Spanish-speaking game up to a whole new level. Yes, and I, I always tell uh, teachers... Uh, especially future teachers uh, of languages, that 
you never know what your students are going to end up doing because um, sometimes they become teachers, they become doctors, lawyers. But I have to say, this this is a rare event to have a, an ex-student who, who has a, a become a renowned uh, hip-hop and reggaeton singer. And uh, I, I, uh, I've heard your music, and I look forward to seeing you live here soon, right? And um, we'll have to talk about that later after the, the, the radio show. But uh, I know I, myself, and I'd like to, my wife to be able to hear you sing a little bit. And, uh, uh, and uh, my son and, and his wife as well. Um, what about um, this um, importance? That, why is it so important that students of languages uh, visit the country where the language is spoken? Well... I mean, it's, it's super important because that's where you really pick up on. You go from the broken Spanish to something that's more fluent. You're able to to understand a little bit better, and, and you're able to hear the accents. I mean, it's it's really being immersed in that is, is critical to being able to to pick up just the day to day Spanish speaking. And so, so I mean, really, so you don't sound all broken and chopping up the language everywhere. So I mean, because people people are going to put up with it. They did it with me for years, and I still don't speak perfect Spanish. But I mean, really, you've got to get there. And um, and either go to the country or you have to like completely you know dive into to whatever your, your local culture is. But even then, I, I still think that going to the actual country is, is more beneficial than, than anything else. And um, what about uh, Guido uh, Guero? This um, um, country that you visited, I believe you told me wasn't not you visited first Puerto Rico, right? Uh, no, actually Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, Mexico, I've, I've been to Mexico, um, I don't know, 20, 30 times uh-huh. at least. And, uh, and every time it's just been, been a, uh, been an awesome experience and, and I've learned something different every time that I went and, uh, and the people have always treated me fabulous when I've been out there. So yeah, yeah. Mexico is the, the, is the, uh, that that's my first country. Now, if you could tell the listeners, a couple of ideas or, or, or observations about the Mexican people. Why do you like the Mexican people? Because they, they really are special. And, they, and for you, why are they so special? Well, it's not just, just any one thing. For me, it's, it's a little bit different because it was kind of like, like here in my city, uh, a whole culture just kind of like adopted me a little bit, I guess. And, and so it's, you know, I've, I've always been very appreciative of that, of them giving me, um, giving me a whole nother like level of putting me on a whole nother level of understanding. And, um, and so I have, I have more, more personal reasons. I mean, they're, they're awesome people. They're, they're, they're awesome. They're humble. Um, and they, and they're good people and they, and you know, everybody has, everybody's different. So, so you can't really stereotype an entire people, but if I had to generalize those, those would be the, the generalizations that, that I would make. Now. So when you picked up your Spanish, uh, with the, with the people in the community here in Indianapolis, uh, obviously you practice a lot because, uh, and you have a wonderful, uh, every part of your Spanish, the, the enunciation, the pronunciation, uh, the rhythm of the whole thing is just perfect. And, uh, uh, and I certainly congratulate you for doing that. That's a work of a lifetime. And, uh, uh, but when you practice, did you focus on idioms as well? I know we talked about idioms and you know, the Mexican idioms and, 
in language of the street uh, as well, because there's, and we talked about this, there's book language, and there's also the most important part of languages in the street and how people communicate on a daily basis. But how did you do that? Did you just pick it up immediately? Probably not, right? No, it, it took, it, it was over a lot of time and a lot of mistakes and embarrassments and, oh. and laughs. Um, but yeah, it, the idioms are, are crucial because Spanish is not like you just learn Spanish and all of a sudden you can go to any country and be able to, to, to get by. I mean, each and every country and then within side of the countries, there's states and cities that all have their different ways of talking and their different ways of speaking. There's words that are, that in Mexico mean one thing, but in Chile, or in Argentina and Puerto Rico, like it has a whole different, whole different meaning to it. So, so it's important to understand those things for the regions that, that you go to. So you don't end up like looking silly sometimes. Now you do, I, I know at night you sing, but during the day you have an incredibly interesting job. Can you tell the listeners about what you do during the day? Oh yeah. The, um, during the daytime, I work at a middle school here in Indianapolis and it's really it's really helped to, to change my life um, just being able to be around students and um, and and be there help, helping them I never really saw myself as a person that was going to be able to, to be like a teacher or, or be in that type of that type of position I thought I was just going to be a rapper for the rest of my life and that's how it was and uh, thank, thanks to Julie Meyer check I had this amazing opportunity to um, to go and teach middle school and they actually brought me in as what a local the rapper so it, it wasn't like I didn't have to be um, to act a certain way or, or to, in order to get the job, it was, I was able to be a hundred percent real. And I think that's the, the thing that I appreciate most about this job is that I'm, I'm able to keep it real with the kids. We've got an awesome program um, called the bilingual Latino Americano studies program at our school blast. And, um, and we just take it a step deeper than ESL because that's what I am. I'm the, the assistant ESL instructor and the bilingual system for the school. And, but what we're able to do with the blast classes is take it to a different level because we're able to, to show the kids and, and teach them about um, the things that are going on in, in their community, including some of the laws that are, that um, certain politicians are trying to, to make against them and their families and just be able to, to help them as um, the majority are immigrant kids being able to help them or the children of immigrants being able to help them to relate to the United States and realize that, that they do have a, have a position here. They do have a voice here and that, um, and they just got to learn how to use it. Now, when you, um, that, that's such a wonderful thing you're doing to help the, the, the kids out. And, uh, now we talked, you talked about helping the Latinos there, uh, with their English at Lawrence. Um, you also, um, have helped the Latinos in a lot of other ways in the community. Could you tell the listeners what you've done? Uh, I know you helped the Latinos with uh, lots of little things and that people don't know about. And you also have been a big promoter of the DREAM Act. And can you tell the audience what uh, the listeners about the, the DREAM Act here as well? Yeah, um, the DREAM Act is a um, is a bipartisan bill that um, has come up for vote a couple of times in our federal Congress and Senate, um, but has yet to be passed, um, which would help undocumented kids, kids that were that were brought here uh, when they were under fifteen, to be able to uh, to to get American citizenship if they. Uh, uh, they complete two years in college or two years in the, in the military, and so it's something that I believe a lot in. I don't. I don't think that it's the perfect bill, but I think, I think that it could be a lot better, but, uh, we definitely have to start somewhere to be able to give some type of relief, 
uh, to the the people that are here, the, the people that feel like like they're Americans and say the the pledge of allegiance to the flag every single day. And I think that it's important that we don't alienate them, that that we that we invite them with open arms and say, yes, this is your country too, because in the United States we're a country of of immigrants, and as soon as we lose that, we start to lose out as a country. Um, I, I remember you were talking about the Marines. Uh, I remember that day, uh, I think it was the next year, after you had gotten into the Marines and uh, uh, maybe a year had passed or so and you came back to class or you came to Ben Davis and asked me if you could talk to my Spanish classes and I still remember that. That's That was uh, an amazing thing for the students to see you and that you were actually a member of the Marine Corps, uh, which is a wonderful thing as well. Um, did... Um, did this um, music career, I know you mentioned the Berkeley School of Music. Now, what was that about? Um, with, with Berkeley, uh, I ended up getting my, my master's certificate through Berkeley in music business and technology. And so um, I went to school and, and, and got that got that taken care of. And, and pretty much I studied what I'm doing with, with my music and, and what I'm doing with my career. And was able, now I'm able to, to put that to good use. Now, was this Berkeley where, in California? No, this is Berkeley in Boston, Massachusetts. In Boston, right, right, right. Okay, it's in Boston. Um, now, when you went there to study music, did you did you know music ahead of that? Or, I mean, or did you just pick the music up there? Is that how it worked? Or, I mean, well, as far it, as the, your knowledge of music and... Uh, now, I... Do you I, do you read music or I know you write your own things, right? I mean, you're a lot of your music, so right. I, I write my lyrics, but but the majority of, of what I picked up was within the past ten years of uh, eleven years of being in the in the music business. Mm -hmm. um, that's really because before there were no classes, so it was like you just had to pick up pick it up as you went, and things were changing so much. We were in the transition; nobody knew it at the point at that point, but we were in the transition from going from a CD driven to now digital digital driven and also with all the, the promotional opportunities that, that are out there for artists online to be able to get their music out there with just a click of a couple buttons. And so so the majority of what I actually learned about surviving in the music business was through trial and error and, and hit my head up against the wall a few times. And the, uh, the, the rest of it, what, what I learned at Berkeley helped me to be able to build on that and to be able to know exactly um, the things about copyright law and about um, the importance of having split sheets in, in between the artists and, and just, just different things that are, are super-duper important, stuff that my manager had, had, had always told me, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then I was able to actually be there and see that and learn it right there. Like, oh, yeah, I do need to be doing this stuff because, you know, as an artist, a lot of times we get focused on our music and what we're doing with that, and, and sometimes we don't pay as much attention to the other things that we need to. So when you th – that that's wonderful, and it, what an example for the students, uh, uh, the teachers out there listening, um, that what, what uh, Guero Loco has said and what you can accomplish – in your life, uh, when you really try hard and, and, and get dedicated to uh, what you want to do with your life, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, now, if I ask you what was one of your favorite songs that, that you like, or do you have a favorite song that you uh, recorded or one that you haven't recorded that you really like? Is there a favorite? I don't know, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple of favorites over the years. I, I guess 
my, my music represents a lot of my life. And so once I, uh, once I put it out there, it's almost like I'm able to put a little bit of closure to a certain part of my life. So, um, so when I go back and listen to the songs, then a lot of times it'll, re- it'll remind me the song may not even be about the memory, but I may get, you know, memory of, of just, you know, something crazy that was going on at that time when I wrote that song. And so it, it really just depends, depends on my mood. So I, I have a lot of my songs that, that are, that are my favorites. And, um, but there's, as far as like one in particular, you know, jumping, jumping out at me, um, there's like I said there, there's so many so I, I could start naming them off right now and just keep going and going now when when you um, we, when we talk about rap versus hip-hop versus uh, reggaeton what are the differences if obviously I'm assuming you you're you would be a rapper too right I mean is that correct or not yeah there's the, the you got um you got the, like, I could be classified as a rapper or a reggaetonero, which is a reggaeton artist. Um, either way, I mean, pretty much what I do with with reggaeton is, is I rap on top of it. So for me, there's not that much of a difference between what I'm doing in hip-hop and what I'm doing in reggaeton, even though a lot of other people see a difference between the two. I just see them both as part of the, the, the hip-hop family. Um, but but I, I just rap. I just flow. I just listen to the beat, and I get it, and I say, okay, here's where the beat's going. Here's how... Here's how I can add my vocals to it to make it to make it better, and let's do it. And, and that's 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 what I do right there. But there's, I mean, the reggaeton is is mainly a dance music, and, and you got the you got the the street stuff in the reggaeton and, and the the other top styles as well. But reggaeton, for the most part, the rhythms and the basic core of it is about dancing. And hip hop, it can be about anything and everything. Hip hop is you've got your dance hip hop, you've got your 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 poetry hip-hop you've got your your conscious hip-hop your street hip-hop and it just goes and goes from there and like i said i think that's the main thing that you could say about reggaeton is it's it's about the dancing now could you sing a couple two several lines here for the uh listeners so they'd have an idea of what um hip-hop would sound like or reggaeton or whatever you would do sure sure of course so whatever you want to sing, it's okay. Whatever you want to, I mean, what you think would be, you know, good to listen to here. Okay. Um, I, I've got this one. This is one of the verses is from a song. And, and also so, so that everybody knows is that my main, my main style that I rap in or my main uh, language, I guess, is Spanish. I, I rap in, in almost 100% Spanish. There's, on my album, Fuerte de Lugar, there's only a little bit of English on there, and that's just on a chorus for the song that I made for my daughter, which is called Do You Feel Me? And so I've got a couple of, um, of lines from the verses in there. The verses are entirely in Spanish. And um, and so, yeah, so I, I just wanted to be clear about that. Okay. And then, yeah, definitely, um, I can, like I said, the song's called Do You Feel Me? It's a song that I wrote for my daughter. And, and your daughter, verse, she's 11, right? 11 years old? Yes, yes, my, my daughter's 11, year, 11 years old. Very proud of her. Okay. Okay, you ready for me? Sure. All right. Mira, mija, escuche lo que yo digo Y vas a entender la razón por la que yo vivo Yo quiero que tú seas mucho más que yo Y que tú aprendas China, árabe y español Haz lo que quieras y no seas como todos Así como tu papi, todo a mi modo Beautiful, so, yeah, beautiful uh, And I'm sure we have quite a few Spanish listeners there too as well And uh, just beautiful uh, Could you give us a... A translation, not of everything, but in English, a little bit of what what you said. 
I'm, I'm just telling her to um, to listen to me for a moment and 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 uh, and really take heart to, to what I'm about to tell her because that's really what the song was about was just giving her a little bit of a map on how to navigate through this crazy world, a lot of the mistakes that I had made. And that's what I'm telling her. Like, like I want her to be better than me. I don't want her to to, to take the t all the time that I've taken to do the things that I've done. I, I want her to be able to do that quickly because I want her to know the rules already. I know she's going to have her bumps along the way, but that's why I, and I told her to learn other languages in, in that verse. I told her to, to learn whatever it is, whether she she chooses to, to go on with her Spanish or to learn Chinese or, or Arabic or, or whatever that's going to end up like opening opening herself up to, to whole other worlds and whole other cultures. Okay, now I'm going to try to see if I can. Is it okay if I um, uh, play that? Um, let me see if I have that. Yes. Can I play that out of Fuera, Fuera de Lugar? Can I play that one real quick? Sure, sure. Okay, I'm going to let the listeners listen to it for a little bit, okay? I, I, okay. Won't, I won't do the whole thing, but, it, but so you can hear it, everybody can listen. Here we go. Yo. Yo, yo. <laughs> What's good, baby doll? Hope you know your daddy loves you. I know. I I got something for you now. This is a gift. Just some advice, some words. You take your help however you need to. Okay, uh, Guero, um, you're still there, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, beautiful song. Uh, just beautiful. And it's in uh, the CD, if you'd like to get it. It's called Fu uh, Fuera de Lugar, uh, Out of Place. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful CD. Uh, excellent, excellent song. Thank you for explaining to everybody the background of that song. Uh, because now when they listen, they're going to really understand it um, even even more so. Um, did um, So I know you've gotten some nominations, right, for, for prizes and awards in Latino music. Is that not correct? Um, yeah, we, uh, we, I've had three nominations to the Chicago Music Awards my first time in 2006, and we didn't win it then, but we, um, we took it in 2011 and 2012. Uh, we were nominated for Best Reggaeton Entertainer, and uh, and I went up there and got the award. So that was pretty exciting uh, as as an artist, just to just to have like a little something to say. Oh yeah, you know, all, all these years that, that that you've been hustling and and out here trying, you know, that here's a little something. And um, then also this past July, I won an International Reggae and World Music Award, uh, and that was for the Reggae World Music Entertainer of the Year. And that was a that was a pretty awesome pretty awesome experience just to be around all these legends of, of reggae and world music from all around the place. And it was an amazing experience there um, at the Aramas, and it, it was that was awesome. I, I was going to ask you. I can't remember if I told you this or not, but uh, I was in an airport, and I don't even remember where it was. Uh, it was a while back, and and um, uh, I think it was in maybe Houston, I believe. And I was on my way to uh, San Luis Potosí, Mexico, and I ran into uh, El Rey del Acordeón, and you know who that is, I bet, right? 
Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who, do you, who is it? Ramon Ayala. Ramon Ayala. And so in my office there, I have a picture of him that he autographed for me. And uh, we chatted for an hour and a half or two hours because the plane was delayed. And he, and he ended up giving me some CDs he had made. I think he's done over 300 CDs or something, some extraordinary amount of, of music. And do and you know what his his group is, was called, right? Uh, no, I don't. I think I, the, I, I just know Ramon. The Los Tigres uh, del Norte, I think it was what they were called at that time. And then then he did some other things, and he he moved to another, uh, another group, I think, later on. But one of the great accordion players, but a fascinating individual, um, and uh, uh, one of the great. Um, uh, well, the, the, one of the great uh, entertainers of all time and musicians in, in Mexico, the, the tr truly loved in Mexico. Um, now, what about your, uh, con you do concerts and you go out and sing at various places. What's your favorite venue? Which place? Do you have a favorite venue? Do you like to do sing more in restaurants? Do you like to sing uh, in uh you know, a concert environment more, or do you like to, uh, I know you do some fairs around, you do the Fiesta uh, in Indianapolis, and you go, you've been going to some fairs around the, the country and state fairs, etc. cetera. Um, but what's, what are your favorite places to play? Well, there's, there's um, when I started out, I started out as like a, as like a, um, like a nightclub rapper because I was just trying to trying to get anywhere that I could to, to be able to practice my craft instead of just like sitting, sitting at my house freestyling um, and practicing with my boys. You know, I, I needed an outlet. So for so long, I, I was always in the nightclub. That's where I was really doing things. But my, my absolute favorite has to be at the festivals. And, and I just think that it's a, you get a closer experience with the, with the people that are there and you're able to, to talk to them a little bit more and, and relate to them and just kind of, uh, it's more, it's a little more personable than, than anywhere else. Now, are, is most of the audience Latino? I would assume it probably is, right? I mean, are there, are there some gringos that come in? I suppose some, right? But not many. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, because how we reconnected was through, through, uh, through a gringo that was up there in Lafayette and the, the show there in Lafayette, Indiana. Correct. Correct. And, uh, That's right. Yes. And, and my son and, and his wife. Uh, yep. spoke highly of you because they saw you at the fiesta in, in, here in Indianapolis. Um, but mainly, mainly it's, it's a Latino crowd. But but every now and again, then um, I'm also able to to reach out a little bit to the Anglo and the, and the African American crowd as as well as others. And um, and yeah, it's, it's a it's a really cool experience. Now you're you you're you're on Facebook and and we do quite a bit of communication via Facebook. Um, and I notice that you're always talking about Mexican food, and I know you must really like Mexican food, as I do. And I have to watch because um, I'm not as young as you are, so it doesn't take much for me to gain a pound quickly. But uh, but the Mexican food here is quite good. There's some really good uh, Mexican restaurants in, in Indianapolis. Uh, w w what are your favorite restaurants, and what's your favorite Mexican food? Okay. All right, Mr. Awesome. We'll have to talk off the air about my favorite Mexican restaurants because if I go calling out just one, then I'm gonna end up getting a lot of a lot of people mad at me. Could you, so, could, you uh, could you call out a bunch and say they're all good? Uh, yeah, there, there's a there's a lot of places that, okay, that are what, good. What but are I'm just worried about if I miss somebody, then yeah, they're gonna get upset that's at true. me. We and, don't. We I understand completely. But what about your favorite food? What's your favorite food? I mean, Mexican food. 
uh, I really like uh, like I'm I'm a carne asada guy, so I, I really like just just your it, plain. I mean, your carne asada tacos with with cebolla cilantro, and I'm I'm good to go really. And but but there's a there's a lot of different different food that that I like. I mean, yeah, almost anything. I, I love rice now. That's one thing. Before I got involved in the in the Latin world, I really didn't eat rice, and now I could eat it every single day. And uh, and so there's just so many things. I love the the naturalness of it, and and the avocados, and and just different the the different spices that that are thrown in, and and it's even hard to put my finger on on any one thing within the food. But I mean, like I said, the carne asada, if it's cooked right, then wow. Some good well, stuff. We're, we're ready. I, I'm hungry already. I may run down to the restaurant. There's a Mexican restaurant near us. Actually, you probably know it, heard of it. It's called the um, El Ranchero. I think it's called El Ranchero out here in Avon. It's been here a while. It's a very good place, you know, for, for, for Mexican food. Not as good as some. I mean, it's good. But, but there are some maybe a little more authentic. And as we've talked about, you know, before, some of them. But now, I'm, also, I'm also a tamale lover. Oh, so I, I love me yeah. some tamales. Yeah, tamales are awesome. Yes, the, the tamales and uh, um, so. Um, why would you say uh, uh, students need to learn another language? Because you're a prime example of for all the kids out there studying languages. Doesn't matter what language it could be Chinese, Arabic, J- Japanese, Spanish, French, German. But what you've accomplished with language is just astounding. It's, 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 it really is. And as I said, in, in, in my lifetime, I've never seen anybody uh, perfect the art of language like you've done it uh, through music. And, uh, uh, but why, why, why should the students learn a language? Do you see, I mean, what if they aren't going to sing? Or maybe they could sing. Or maybe they want to write music. Maybe they want to... There's a lot of things they could do with music. I know you could tell them that. But what else can they do with languages? I mean, it's going to open up the world to, to a whole other world that they didn't even realize existed. It's going to be able to make them communicate with people that they wouldn't have been able to communicate with before. It, it'll change their lives, really, no matter what language it is, because if they're really passionate about it, they're going to end up linking up with the people, of regardless of where they're from or, or like I said, what, what, what language they speak. Um, they're gonna they're gonna get involved. They're gonna have some type of experience that's gonna change their life, and and it's really life changing. You look at at Europe and and other countries and Asia where they know four or five languages like it's nothing, and over here in the United States is like we try to put up this wall against other languages when all these studies are showing where bilingualism is the is is the way to go they say that people live longer that you don't get alzheimer's that you're able to that you're better at critical thinking and being able to juggle more than one things at once um, by being bilingual that it, it really has this huge effect on the brain and so i think there's a lot of reasons and that those are two of them right there the third one of course is economically because if you can speak another language you can get a job without a college degree and believe me i did it i, I went out when i first got out of the marines i was i was getting jobs just because i could speak spanish and there were so few people here in indianapolis that, that could speak spanish um at that point that i was able to get jobs like uh, that you had to have a four-year degree for you had to have some sort of other like college and specialized training and i was able to get them just because i had my my spanish of course i had some credits from the marines but i mean they they were asking for for degrees but they said oh you speak spanish oh we can work around that and and that's eventually what it ended up happening I, 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 
glad you brought up the, the, the different items that you mentioned about why study a language, because it's beautiful what you said there. Uh, one of the other questions I'm going to direct to you is this idea of creativity, because I think obviously you had your Spanish skills, but you also had to, for me, I always think for, for students, it's the, the, the biggest gift they can have or learn to, to learn to develop and develop it. And that is creativity because, um, uh, it, if, if one's an expert in Spanish or, or a student's an expert in math or science, it doesn't really do them a lot of good unless they are very creative, right? And they do something creative with whatever that discipline is, which is what you've done uh, with music. What, what, do, what do you consider to be creativity? creativity? What, what do you think that means and from your standpoint? Because I know everybody kind of has a different definition of that. Creativity is just being able to be in your zone to create something out of nothing or to create something that, that somebody else like when you tell them about it, they're like, whoa, I can't believe that. Like that, that you're able to just channel something from within inside of yourself. And, um, and it could be intellectual, it could be spiritual. It could just be from the things around you that you're inspired by. And, and then you, you take that and, and you create something with it. You, you, what I do is, is songs, songs and poetry and words and just taking words and, and putting, putting them together. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I love Spanish music so much is because when I was in English, I was such a good freestyle rapper that it didn't even, it didn't even matter to me about writing my songs and Spanish made me be disciplined and made me learn really about, uh, about writing and, and syllables and where before it just kind of came out natural. But with Spanish being my second language, I had to be more disciplined with that. Um, but the creativity, it can come from, from all different types of sources. Yes. And, and, and it is interesting. And, and when you have to come up with something, uh, where there's nothing, uh, the, writing music or writing whatever one is writing. And I, I think I mentioned to you sometimes when I write things and, uh, when you have a blank screen and, you know, you're trying to come up with these different ways to, to, to make whatever it is more interesting or creative and, and, and things that it is a challenge, but, but it's, it's such a, a fun thing, right? I mean, I know you do it and my writing, I, I love doing, and I know you love doing your things big, really big time. And, but why, why is that? What, what do you think happens that, uh, cause you're, you're fortunate that, that you'd really love what you're doing. And, uh, that's what life is about, I think. And what, you know, if someone can end up, uh, in their profession doing what they love to do, um, how would you advise the young people today to be like, uh, to, to, to be in a situation where they can be creative? How do they, how could they do that? Is there a, is there an answer to that? You got to find your passion and you got to go after it and you really can't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because they're only telling you what they believe that they can't do. And that's just the, the, the truth in the matter is that you can do anything. So many people laughed at me, laughed in my face when I told them, yeah, I'm going to rap all Spanish. And they, they just start cracking up and, and, and I just practice at it. And I use that motivation and, and I, and I use that fire just to keep going and going. And it's, uh, it's crucial to keep going no, no matter what, once you have that passion and once you have that, that desire 
um, for what you're going to do in a positive way, you have to go after it, and you can't let nobody stop you because there's going to be a lot of, a lot of. Sometimes people are haters. Sometimes they kind of mean well, and it's going to come from people sometimes that you don't want it to come from. Sometimes it's going to come from your family, and it's going to come from your best friends. But you know what? You got to keep pushing, and you got to keep going hard. Um. So, si, bueno, si puedes darnos algún algún consejo, verdad? ¿Qué consejo nos daría de, 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 de ser creativo en español? Eh? Si vamos a hablar un poquito en español, pero no mucho, pero unas cositas. Pero, ¿qué dirías de ser creativo? ¿Cuáles, cuáles son los elementos más importantes en, en ser creativo? Um, es um, como la misma cosa que yo dije en inglés, que tienes que buscar su pasión. Y cuando lo encuentras, lo tienes que seguir hasta, hasta la luna. So no, no te puedes parar, no puedes dejar que, que otra persona te diga que, que no lo puedes hacer, porque no hay nada en este mundo que es imposible, nada. Y, y tienes que seguir para adelante y uh, and, and go get your dreams, go after them. Yeah, and, and that, that's wonderful advice, Guero uh, uh, Loco, because uh, uh, there is something special about that, the, the dream factor and doing things that one thinks that they can never do. And uh, that, that's what life is about. And uh, that, that's a great, great advice for, the, for young people, um, middle-aged people, older people, uh, whatever age, uh, to, to keep your dreams and always be trying to do something better and look for different uh, ways to do things uh, with what you're doing. Um, did, um, so can you tell the uh, listeners a little bit about Guero Loco? What does, for the people who don't know Spanish, what does that mean? Okay, um, Guero is an idiom that started in Mexico and now it's kind of branched out like where other people in Latin countries understand it. But, but Guero means like blonde-haired or light-skinned, um, and it kind of grew from that to, to like to white. or, or It's still used very much in Mexico for fair skin. Um, and so you don't have to be a gringo to be called Guero. Uh, uh, and then, but yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just, a, it's, it's an idiom. It comes out of Mexico, and local, of course, is crazy. And so I'm the crazy white boy because we. All, I was always out in the nightclubs. Um, I promoted in the nightclubs, and I was always there as an as an MC, and just every single weekend, just acted crazy. And so, like they they see me and they started calling me Weather Local. And I was on the the radio at the time as well. Um, I had just started working at the first Spanish radio station out here, and so Weather Local just kind of combined with the, the nightclub life and the and the um, and the the radio station. And that's how that's how Water Local came about. Um, so, in your immediate plans coming up, do you have any uh, concerts or places that you're going to be playing that you're really excited about? Um, yeah, actually, there's a there's a, a few things going on. So we uh, we've got the nominations coming up for the Chicago Music Awards. So we're staying posted on that. And then aside from that, we've got uh, got quite a few things that that are just about ready to um, to get announced that we're going to be throwing out there real soon. And uh, and hopefully, you know, something that, that you and I are working on. Uh, I'm very excited about that. And I, I just, I'm not the type that I don't like to talk about it before it happens until like right before it happens. And so that's why they, we've got a lot of awesome, great things. We're going to be traveling all around the country. I'm heading down to, to San Antonio um, at, towards the end of this month around Thanksgiving going to be out there in Texas. And, and so there, there's a few things going, but right now this is kind of like where where everything's turning and grinding and what's going to come of, of all of this is going to come. 
And then what's not, we're just going to have to push to the side and keep on going forward. Guero, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. You have been fabuloso. I, I, I'm amazed at all the things you've done and and uh, astounded by it, really. And, and I certainly wish you the best, and I know all of the listeners do. And uh, we would, uh, I would suggest um, you can get online, and Guero has a, a website, right? I, I believe you have a website. Yep, it's uh, guerolocal.com, and that's G-U-E-R-O-L-O-C-O.com. And right there, there's a um, – we just got a static page up right now because we're currently getting the whole thing rebuilt. But um, there, uh, there's a link for my album, and there's also links to be able to go to my Facebook, my Twitter, my YouTube, and all that good social media stuff. And, um, we again, we thank you so much for being with us. And uh, uh, for all the listeners, you can hear this broadcast at uh, Radio um, – uh, they have a pensar, Radio Punto – UCCSA.com, eh? It's radio at radio.uccs.edu, I think. Maybe it's edu, yeah. And uh, so please uh, listen to the program, and you'll have a a good time when you come back every week and listen to our program. And um, we have some uh, guests coming up uh, that um, I understand uh, there's going to be some fabulous uh, teachers some of the great uh, language teachers actually in the country who are going to be on the show in the next uh, month or so. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have some great surprises for you. And uh, uh, don't forget about the ACFEL conference, the language teachers, which is in Philadelphia and, uh, around November 17th um, in Philadelphia. And uh, the Indiana language teachers conference, which is this week, uh, is coming up, and especially uh, don't forget the ACFEL, the National Language Conference in Philadelphia, and we look forward to seeing all of you there. Um, so, Guero uh, Loco, uh, um, I'm going to put on uh, this uh, singer that you've heard of, right? Alejandro Fernandez, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm going to put on Canta Corazón and close out the show. And mil gracias, hombre, por estar con nosotros, eh? Gracias a usted y a todos ustedes. i got to throw a big shout-out to Colorado, though, before we go, because I lived in Colorado, um, out in Denver, and I stayed out in, uh, in Colorado Springs a little bit, and it's just a beautiful place, so um, shout-outs to the University of Colorado and to everybody that's that's doing this program, and to you, Mr. Awesome, and just everybody out there, so keep on rocking, follow your dreams, and no matter what, don't let anything bring you down. Okay, mil gracias, hombre, estaremos en contacto, and Margarita Mystery is not with us today, but Margarita, un fuerte abrazo. Saludos. She had eye surgery, but we'll catch you next time, uh, Margarita. Eh? Uh, un fuerte abrazo y, y, y que pasen ustedes una semana fabulosa. Eh? Y ya, ya vamos a escuchar a Alejandro Fernández.